Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Paychecks Business Series podcast. I'm your host, Gene Marks. I'm a certified public accountant and a regular business columnist for a bunch of publications, including Forbes and Entrepreneur. But more importantly, I'm a small business owner of a financial and technology management services company, and I've teamed up with Paychecks the leading provider of human resources, payroll benefits and insurance services to bring you real life advice from real life business owners and industry experts. In this podcast, we'll talk about the complexities of running a small business and how some business owners are handling the challenges they face. Today's guest is Keith Baldwin, who is the owner of Go Spikes Trophies. Not only that, Keith is a Temple University grad and an Archbishop Ryan grad as well. Keith, did you know I live in Philadelphia? I'm not sure if you do or not. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm recording this right now from right off of Rittenhouse Square. So you and I are, we're in good company. I went to Central High School and and Lehigh. So I did not go through the Catholic high school route like you did. But you've been in the trophy business for a long time. Tell me all about those spikes, what you guys, what you guys do. A few things I'll just correct you on, if you don't mind. Please, One, go ahead. I never did graduate Temple University. <laughs> I was two years in when I was tapped on the shoulder uh, and uh, asked. Well, actually, I was in a meeting and the opportunity came about. They needed somebody to run a trophy company that uh, the company I was working with, if you're a Philadelphian, Gold Medal Sporting Goods. Yeah. I was working there, working my way through college, and they were buying this distressed trophy company, Spikes and needed somebody to run it. And I dropped out and uh, went to Spikes when I was 18 years old. Sometimes so, college is not always the best route. I, I learned by my, my education with the School of Hard Knocks, quite honestly. Yeah. Spikes has been around for 90 years. Although I may look that old, I am not that old. Huh. I've been here 40 plus years and Spikes has been around since 1929. Got it. I got and, it. And uh, Central High School, uh, we do... Uh, the awards for Central. If you go through Central, a lot of our work is up on, on the walls of Central High School. Yeah, I know that because I'm the treasurer of the Alumni Association, so I see um, the checks that go through. So, so you know some of my friends that went there. Yeah. We do. I'm sure I'm sure we do. So the trophy business, when I think about it, first of all, has it's not your mother's trophy business in the sense that, you know, back in the day it was high school awards, but you guys have branched out to corporate, to all sorts of ways to reward people. Tell me how the business has changed over the it's, past 20 years or so. It's changed dramatically and I'm, I'm probably proof of it. When I first got in the business, uh, you could survive just by opening up your doors. You didn't really have to have knowledge of running a business. I didn't. And it was just servicing who was coming in. Now you have to be very, very sophisticated with the internet. Uh, you've got to really run a tight business and it, it's, it's a challenge every day. Um, so it has changed dramatically and you're right. The largest part of our business is corporate awards, although we still do a lot of quote unquote youth awards and academic awards. We've also branched down into promotional products and signage where we, uh, we manufacture interior braille signage that goes into, uh, hospitals and higher education. So we're a little diversified. So the pandemic comes along. And here you are as a company that's giving out promotional awards uh, to corporations, for example, that they're scrambling just to keep their employees busy, let alone giving out awards and schools that shut down and athletic programs that shut down. But you came up with a little bit of a spin on your business. I don't know if I came up with it, but um, yes, you're right. Uh, When it all happened, if you think about it, we're tied very closely to the event industry. 
so when there are events, say in Philadelphia, it's the Broad Street Run, it's the Dadvale Regatta, it's the um, uh, Penn Relays, it's all the academic awards. It's the busiest time of our collective year, the second quarter, where that's where we're a seasonal business and that is our quote unquote busy season. So we got very fortunate early on and it's basically through relationships that I, I was presented an opportunity to become a call center. We partnered with uh, AnswerNet, who was awarded very early on uh, the contract for the state of New York to make calls to book appointments for coronavirus tests for the citizens of New York. So we got a call, I think it was March 20th. I had just laid off my entire staff, never had done that before in my life. And at 2.30 on a, for that Friday, and I got a call from the bank who knew my situation and we had shared the relationship, Antoinette and I, with the same bank, which was First Trust. And when Antoinette got the call, uh, they called First Trust and said, do you know anybody that can help me fill seats very quickly? My banker knew that I had 50 seats that I could fill. I got presented that opportunity and 4.30, I presented that opportunity to my staff and hired them back. Let me just stop you right there just to make sure I'm, I'm getting this story here, Keith, okay? so. Your, your company is selling awards, trophies, promotional products for major events and corporations. You have about how many staff approximately? Uh, 45. Okay, so you have about 45 staff. The pandemic hits, you're basically shut down. Officially the state, the governor that Thursday uh, made it official that we were not essential and they closed, I got three showrooms, they closed us down. So we were not able to work even if we had business. Got it. So you lay off your employees. Yep. Then you get a call from your bank who knows a company that is looking for somebody to act as a call center to, to really act a completely different you know, line of business yes. than what you guys do. Why would your banker even call you about this if it's not even what you guys do? They were looking for to hire people and right. they were looking to have somebody oversee those people and she knew about us and put us together and we were able to turn our place and our employees over the weekend if you can think about the technology and you can think about that fire drill of training and getting everybody set and i bought laptops for the people that didn't have connectivity uh, and to work from home and long story short we were calling early next week the following week and we've been calling since so this company needed about 50 agents to call you said you had about 45 or so so you were able to fill that need they had 250 seats we were roughly 50 and i've since employed friends and family other people that needed employment because my number one why right now is to save jobs so it's not only my employees i've also been able to include other people's employees in this what's amazing about that story you know keith is that you know, you're being asked to do something completely unrelated to what you guys do. Not that your people aren't trained in customer service and, and aren't good at it, but it's, it's unrelated to being a, a you know, yep. call service. Yep. And um, your attitude was, hey, man, I'll wash windows if that's what it takes to keep my people employed. Amen. And if, there, if there's an opportunity to do that, that's what I'm going to do. Yep. And have you been doing that since? I mean, yep. we're still... Yeah, so you and I are speaking right now. It's really the third week of June. Philly is still not in the green phase yet. So, you know, we're still essentially hobbled and mostly shut down. So you're still in the call center business right now. We've migrated slightly. Uh, We have done all the calls 
and booked all the appointments and that started to fade a couple weeks back and we've been on the front lines of this uh, so when the pandemic broke in New York, we were in the front lines booking that. And those calls could be very inspirational. People were thanking us for giving them hope. Or as one call led us, it was it was sad and, and really shook the staff because we called too late one time. We were calling for the father and the son picked up and, the, and we were calling for the father to book the appointment and we were too late. He had passed away of the virus the day before. So you can only imagine. So. Once that started to wane and we uh, started to not have many calls left, we got shifted to the Department of Labor where we're making overflow calls or as they call them, triage calls for unemployment. Mm. If everybody's coming on to unemployment, the states can't handle the level, so they need additional help. So my staff has been training to handle unemployment calls for the last couple of weeks. How hard has that been to train your staff to do that? Uh, you know, I mean, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. But the, I, I am so proud of them. It's amazing to me uh, that they've been able to do it and hang with it and 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 persevere. Of the forty-five or so approximately staff that you had, would you? I mean, what percentage of them carried on with you doing this as opposed to saying that's not for me? A high percentage. Um, 80. Okay. Okay. And did, did anybody give you trouble as far as saying, listen, we, we prefer just to not do this and just collect unemployment? <laughs> Through this whole process, it's always been, you have to be able to adapt and change. So once, and the byproduct, and it was innocent, the PPP loan, and also the supplement to the uh, employers, employees mm -hmm. that went on unemployment, the extra $600. And in one effect, it uh, put us in competition with the government for our own employees. Because mm. in effect, they could make more, some of them, sitting at home doing nothing. Right. So we, we, we have a, we, we've got 10 core values, and one of them is to create a win-win. So our guiding light internally was how do we create a win-win to keep these people employed but not have them make less money by making these calls so we came up with what we termed it a spikes uh, subsidy and we subsidized the difference and made them all whole covered their their health care and also gave them quote-unquote a bonus to make these calls to make sure that they're not losing money by staying employed these employees have been working from home during all this I'm assuming Yes, there's one or two that will come in because they don't have fast internet service at their home. Right. So they'll use our internet here in the building, but there's only one or two. Has there been, through all of this, uh, are you, have you made money during this period or has this exercise really just been about sustaining the business? It was to sustain the business and actually keep them employed. That was the goal. How do you feel about that decision now? I would make it uh, every day. At what point do you think you'll go back to being Spike's trophies? Hey, do you have a crystal ball? <laughs> um, if, if you do, can you lend it to me? Um, we're guessing, hoping, praying, uh, back into the year, September, October. We're starting to see signs of life in, in my business. Generally, July, August, August especially, is the slowest time of our year. Uh, so we just came off the busiest, which didn't exist. Um, so once people, and we're starting to see some of the postponed events, 
let's just say one example, which is the Broad Street Run, which usually runs in May. It's being postponed, I think it's October. So there's things like that happening, and we're getting notified of that, that some of the things that were in May and June and April are being pushed to the back end of the year. So we'll have our normal, hopefully, uh, back end of the year business okay. in addition to that. Have you thought at all when this whole thing is behind you of diversifying a little bit and maybe having another company that does call center type services? Or do you think you'll be through with this completely when, when the whole thing's over? That's a great question. We have had that discussion. I'm sure you have. And, and we have not ruled that out. Mm. It's a completely different business, obviously, than the business well, that you're in right yes. now. Yes. So it would take a different model, different infrastructure, probably different management as well. But you got your foot in the door. It's all about getting contracts, right? We wouldn't do it on our own. We would do it in partnership with uh, the person who brought us to the dance. So we would just be a supplement to their business, an extra, an extension of them that we would manage. Keith Baldwin is the CEO, Chief Relationship Officer, Managing Partner of Spikes Nationally Famous Limited. Uh, Spikes is, uh, Keith, if you can give us your, your website one more time. It's uh, gospikes.com. That's G-O-S-P-I-K-E-S.com. He will sell you trophies, awards, certificates. He will answer the phones, wash your windows, <laughs> whatever it takes to keep his people employed. <laughs> through this pandemic. Keith, thank you very much. For more information about what we discussed today and other coronavirus questions and topics, please visit the Paychex COVID-19 Help Center. The address is paychex.com forward slash coronavirus resources. Again, Keith, great story. Thanks. Let's let's definitely stay in touch. Um, I'd okay. like to see how thank all you. of this works out. Um, thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next time. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2020, all rights reserved.